Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. The restaurant business in North America has one of the highest failure rates across small businesses. And our guest this morning said, oh yeah, okay, well I'll take that challenge, no problem. Jeff Hanna is a local restaurateur and investor, and it owns the Barcelona Tavern on the lake restaurant in Sylvan Lake, and is opening a brand new restaurant in Calgary soon. He's here this morning to share his secrets to success and all about his new restaurant. Good morning. Well, good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Tara. Morning, morning. Uh, I, I think we cannot start with Jeff without discussing the past, right? Because, you know, I came to Calgary 25 years ago, and still when I talk with people in from Calgary, oh, Jeff from the Met? <laughs> <laughs> or Earls, or wherever, or no, high no. school in my case. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the Met. Let's talk about the Met for a second. How, you know, when I came here, it was the the place to go and then all of a sudden it disappeared what happened well gosh well, yeah i opened the first one in mount royal village that's the one i know <laughs> okay and that was uh gosh that was a whirlwind that was a lot of fun um and yeah so i ended up building four restaurants um past that one including the met downtown and then i collaboratively i, I sold all four of them and yeah and then i just kind of went through the the motions and I said, gosh, one day somehow I'd love to get that space back downtown. And uh, I think the big guy upstairs said, okay, I heard, I heard you're calling and uh, let's see if we can make that happen. So here we are. <laughs> okay, we'll fill us in on what, what the exciting news is. So yeah, so the, the 8th Avenue location, which I call center ice of downtown, um, became available. And just talking with the landlord, I put together my business plan and and really sold them on concept and, and the brand that I wanted to do. And the last part that I really was focusing on was local. And I said, gosh, everybody on the strip here seems to be only from Toronto or Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I said, oh my gosh, no one's from Calgary. And I said, no one knows the space better because I built it from a, a bank into a restaurant. And I said, and I would love to come back in, gut it, restart, and, and get this thing going again. And... Uh, they gave me the blessing, and, and here we are. So so what's the new concept? So uh, it's, it's called... I, I, I don't think you want to compete with the others that on that strip that, you know, basically serve the same thing. Yeah, so I mean, I wanted some point of differential. And so the brand and the concept is, is Cali and Cabo cuisine. So a play on California and kind of the Baja Peninsula and, and the whole Cabo feel. Guess who just came back from Cabo? I may have just been there. That Pretty fabulous food. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And so, and then the name itself um, is going to be called The Office. And how I came to that was I actually had a different name when I originally did the business plan, then COVID kicked in. And I remember all you hear every single day on the news was, no one's going back to the office. Everyone's working from home. Downtown's going to be dead again. And I just said, so I just kept hearing the word, the office. So I, f- I phoned my lawyer and I said, is it possible for me to get that name? And he called back and said, yeah, you're good. And I said, well, so I just, close people close to my heart, I just said, what do you think about the name of a restaurant called The Office right in the middle of downtown Calgary? And they said, <laughs> Chef is brilliant. And so I said, okay. And, and there's a place in Cabo called The Office. And I've been there numerous times with my friends. And so that always uh, was, was dear to me as well. And I said, well, it's kind of a no-brainer. Because I remember just sitting on the beach 
drinking a Mai Tai on my phone, talking to my buddies, saying, yeah, I'm just sitting in the office right now. What are you up to? (laughs) (laughs) What's the process like when you're opening up a new restaurant? What do you have to go through? If there's somebody at at home or in the car listening right now and they're thinking, I want to do that, what can they expect? Well, first of all, I don't recommend it. <laughs> it, it is a lot of work, and it, it, it takes its toll on you, but it's exciting in the same breath. So, it, I mean, it, it's about getting the location first, and that's one of the hardest things because it's all everyone says location, location, location. Um, so to secure that space and, and being kind of a, a one-off, I'm not the big box store, so it's harder for me to, to battle for that real estate. So that was first and foremost. And then secondly, um, it, it's getting investors and, and people that have to believe in you and believe in the concept and what you want to do. And then thirdly, it's just then, once you've secured all that, okay, then we have to get the design done and, and go through the process of the build-out. And it, because it's such an old space or, or an older building and an older restaurant, uh, there's a lot of issues that we've had to deal with. Um, but it, it's going to be worth it in the long run because, as I said, the, the space is now brand spanking new. Everything's back up to code. It's going to look, um, people are going to walk in and say, oh my gosh, like it's, it's a huge facelift. Like we, we went from top to bottom. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> so, so obviously at this point, it must be easier to get investors when you've proven yourself, right? You have a history of success. If there's somebody who is brand new, like how did you, how did you get those investors when you weren't proven yet? Uh, well, you mentioned earlier about the Earls days, so mm-hmm. I'm an ex-Earls and Joey guy, and it, it's just, honestly, it started with customers who believed that I could go past just being a, a manager of a restaurant, and that's where it started. When I got my very first investors in, in um, the Met Mount Royal, it was, it was you need some deep pockets, mm-hmm. but they've got to believe in you, because it's, it's you're rolling the dice big time on, on this industry, as you guys alluded to earlier. It's it's a tough grind, but um, you, you, it's... <laughs> I got lucky, I guess, is really at the end of the day, I got lucky. Our guest this morning is Jeff Hanna. When you see um, opportunities like the one you, you're mentioning now, the office, why do people fail? Where, 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 this, where is the break? To me, it starts, with, it, it starts with your food, to be honest with you. And I'm, I've been so passionate about, about food and the whole, the whole culinary scene and, and piece of the industry for so long. To me, that's where it starts. Um, and then it's surrounding myself with the right people. And when you put the right team in place and you create an exciting vibe and I mean, gosh, I, I, even if I look at where, you know, Barcelona right now and, and all the things we've gone through, we're, we're, we don't have a plus 15, we don't have any parking. Uh, when we first, when I first bought it, oil was like 140 bucks. Um, and COVID. No, but mm-hmm. no, but even before COVID, yeah, the oil then, crash. Then they decided to, yeah, they, first the oil crashed. Then they decided to put it in the bike lanes. So I lost all my parking, and then COVID, and we're still here, and in a location that to me is a little bit off the beaten path. So how we did that was we literally rolled out the red carpet for every single person that walked through that front door, and that was the mindset I had to give to everybody: is we can never ever take anything for granted. When someone walks through that door, we got to say, we are so blessed that they chose, they could, in a three kilometer radius, they had oodles of different restaurants they could have gone to. They chose to come to our place, spend their hard earned money. And we need to be so thankful that they've showed up. And now we need to do our part. Jeff, how do you make a wait staff care the way that you care? So that is a great question because I actually say this in my training. When, when I interview everybody, 
Um, yes, I look at the resume for about five seconds and then I turn it over because it really, to me, it's irrelevant. It's all about whom that person is. And the one thing I say, and I've been saying this since the day I started all this, the one thing I can never train you is to care. You have to care about A, about yourself, and B, you've got to care about other people. And, if, and then if you care about those things, you're going to care about what we're trying to do here, what you've subscribed in, and then that's the winning formula. So that's the way it's, I say that in all my training. I can't train you to care. Mm. I can train you everything else. So what kinds of questions do you ask to see whether or not somebody has that, those attributes? Well, I, I just, it, it, that's a great question too. You just, you just feel it more than anything. My gut mm. has always told me within the first like three minutes, I usually know, but I ask some very pointed questions and it, it, it's not just talking about business. It's talking about life. It's talking about what they've done. If, if it be school or things they do extracurricular or, you know, how important family is and, and all those different things that just happen. I, and I just try and get that wholehearted sense of, does this person really care? And if they do, gosh, there's a good start. And then we'll see if the rest all fits, if the pieces fit together. Well, I, I don't know. When I go into a restaurant, I just, uh, again, to your point, it's the food, but then the service the just service. takes it over the top, right? Where that's when I say, I want to be with these people. They make me feel special. I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing. Barcelona is not that far away. All right. Jeff Hanna is with us, the local entre- uh, restaurateur and investor. I was going to say entrepreneur, yeah, and exactly. you are one of those too. <laughs> and soon to be opening up a new restaurant called The Office. We'll continue with more Jeff Hanna right after the break. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. We're back with Jeff Hanna, local restaurateur and investor. And we just want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Calgary Economic Development. They help us stay on the air. Jeff, you mentioned before, uh, based on uh, Tara's question, you mentioned that you, during the interview, you asked them a lot of questions to identify whether they care. But how do you keep them engaged for a long term? Because when I come to Barcelona, and I do come to Barcelona from time to time, <laughs> I see that the same people are still there serving me, and which is not common in this industry. There is a big revolving door in this industry on the waiter's side. How do you keep them engaged through the process later after they're, you know, they passed their first three months. Yeah, and I'm glad you've, you've noticed that because, yeah, I've had people with me for six, seven, eight years at Barcelona. And I'm once again, I'm, I'm honored. That, I know them for six, seven yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- it, I guess that, again, starts from the top. And, and they've got to know how much we believe in what we're doing and how much we care. And, and I work as close as I can side by side with everybody on a day-to-day basis. I, I'm not the one that sits in the office or you know, is on my phone during, you know, a really busy service. I'm, I'm hands-on and I'm, I'm side-by-side side with them and, and make sure I'm just as engaged with the guests as they are and make sure they know that if they need help, then we're, the, the management team is there for them. How do you, I mean, I think this can go with all sorts of, whether you're talking about different corporations and the different siloed departments, um, the front of house and back of house, how do you get them working as one team? So first I want to say, 
Yes, I remember when we went to school and we worked together because that's back when you had a crush on me.、Um, <laughs> What do you mean, but, back when? <laughs> but, but that's, Let me leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a great question because you can never, ever, ever build blocks between the front and the back. If you're not one, it doesn't work. And I've seen, I've seen numerous scenarios and cases in restaurants. And it gets back, David, to one of your questions of why things fail. That's another big reason is there's a division. Everyone has to be one. And I remind the kitchen all the time because they're not on the front line. They don't always get to shake hands and they get the thank yous and everything else. So I remind them how important they are to the business because we can't do it without them. And when they're there at seven o'clock in the morning prepping all the food and, and doing, making everything from scratch every single day, Sometimes that's not always appreciated, but my gosh, that's the, the stuff we have to remember that they're, they're really the backbone to what we do on a daily basis. I know we're not easy as customers when we walk into, <laughs> <laughs> into the hospitality world. How do you keep your stuff positive all the time with tough clients that some of us don't behave nice to the servers? <laughs> to, be, to say the least, let's put it this way. Well, it, it, it's, all, it's all about communication. It's all about every, every day having pre shifts and post shifts and, and just making sure that they know that we're, we're all in this together. And it's, and it's just communicating and, and letting them know that we're, we're thankful for them. And if they do have a tough issue and they do have a tough client that they're dealing with, we're there to back them up and we're supporting them wholeheartedly. How have you had to change your approach, if, if at all, based on what customers are demanding? Like, how, have, how has the customer changed over the years? Jeez, that's a, that's a really good question. I, I don't know if, if they've changed as much as I, I think. I mean, the, the way downtown works right now has changed a little bit. You know, when, when oil prices are through the roof and, and the whole downtown was like just one big party.、Uh, <laughs> So, the, as far as how people behave on you know, expense accounts and all that kind of stuff,、mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's part of the change. But I think since COVID, I think people are even more appreciative of the service industry because we couldn't work from home. We were, all my staff were out of jobs. I was out of a job and for a very long period of time. And, and you're, you're, you're sitting at home every day doing a prayer going, Jesus, I hope we get back to it one day.、Mm-hmm. And actually, I had a restaurant in Toronto. I, I know we haven't addressed that, but I had a restaurant in Toronto. That was brand new, brand spanking new, and, and we lost it because of COVID. And、uh, so <clears throat> I think that the customers are just, once again, I think that they are supporting local, which I'm, I'm so thankful for. And B, I think they're just, yeah, they're just really thankful that we're there still, that we're open, and they're appreciative of what we do because we're providing a service. I remember back in the day when you couldn't change anything on the menu because the chef was like, oh no, this is what I prepare and this is, we're not changing anything. That's had to change. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hard to take something off. <laughs> Even if it's in your bottom 10% of your sales mix, if you take something off, there's always someone that's going to be angry as heck. Right. That was my favorite. Well, geez, <laughs> I haven't seen you in a month. So much means you haven't ordered it. So. <laughs> Uh, we're with Jeff Hanna, restaurateur, investor, and entrepreneur. So, how did the investors、uh, react, react when you lost the Toronto restaurant? Well, that was very difficult.、Um, and how did you deal with that? <clears throat> it, was, it was super hard on all of us because of on, on so many different factors, but、uh, it, it, was, it was just mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially draining on all of us because it was a big investment. 
And as I said, it was brand new. And basically I gave the keys back to the landlord. Like the tables were, st- were still set <laughs> mm-hmm. and they, they have a brand new restaurant. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was tough for all of us, but it was a decision that had to be made because when the landlord keeps saying, pay, 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 and the bank account's going in the wrong direction, what, what can you do? Your hands were tied, so. We mentioned that you started off at Earl's and, and Joey's, and you, you went to the Sate Hotel and Restaurant Program. Yeah. What led you down that path? Where did the love for this whole industry start? I remember sitting at the kitchen table with my mom and dad, and I applied at Sate for Hotel Restaurant, and I applied at Mount Royal for Broadcasting, and I got accepted into both. I said to my mom and dad, I said, oh my gosh, what do I do? I got accepted into both, and I love both. And one of them said, go in a hotel restaurant, the other one said, go into broadcasting. I said, thanks, mom and dad. That helps me out <laughs> tremendously. So I think it's because I was the youngest child, and my mom and dad were young uh, when they had all of us, and they used to be the entertainers, and mm-hmm. so they always had people over, they always had house parties, and me being the youngest, I would always say, Mom, I'm in the kitchen helping you cook and get organized. I would be there bartending when I was 12, and, and just I'd be cleaning up at the end of the night because I always just wanted to help and support. And I think that's and, – and then was the, at the end of the night when all the friends of my family were saying, oh, my God, thank you for everything. It just made me feel good because how thankful they were for what we provided. So if someone, again, like you, wants to get into this industry, would you recommend going first, working for someone else before you, you know, put your money and get the investors to kind of believe in you or not? 100%. <laughs> what, was, what was that experience for you in terms of later changing it from, you know, working for someone into entrepreneurship? Well, I, I was lucky, and, and Tara said this earlier, but work on giving props to them, but the Earls family or the Fuller family, um, even though I had my education, they became my best educator. And I really learned of how uh, they built a business and how they ran their restaurants and what was important to them and the core values that they had. And so when it came to all that, that's what I inherited. And then I just, I really just said, okay, now I didn't need to expand on this on my own with my own vision. And that's basically how it all started. What kind of hours do you keep, Jeff? I mean, just like reality check for, for somebody who wants to get into this industry. What hours are you keeping? Well, 10 years ago, different than today. But mm. it, it's, it's it, it really you have to be available around the clock seven days a week because anything can happen at any time. So um, if, if you're not prepared to do that, then it's 100% not the right industry because it's demanding on that. But... I mean, now I, I, I need to, I'm trying to run um, a business now, not a restaurant per se, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I need to be smart about where I'm putting my hours personally. And so I've, I've really dialed that down and, and, and decided what, what's important to me and then what's important to the business. And then I've divided my hours accordingly. We have about 60 seconds. <laughs> Tell us about what to expect the grand opening of the office? Well, once again, it's going to be a lot of fun. The design is, is very lady-friendly um, because there's not a lot of windows in that space. I wanted to make sure it was very bright and airy and open. The California Cabo feel, um, I wanted to make sure it, it oh, just... Oh, so I can come with my bathing suit? Uh, if you come in a <laughs> banana hammock, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I want pictures, please. <laughs> but no, it's just going to be very, it's, 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 the food is going to be 
unbelievable. It's not going to be, it's going to be elevated, but not elevated to a point. It, I'm still going to be in the casual dining market. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's still, to me, if it's, if it's not fun, then I don't do it. And so to me, it's still going to be tons of fun, but in a really fast paced, really cool environment. Jeff Hanna, local restaurateur and investor, opening up a brand new restaurant called The Office. Can't wait to come check it out. See you at The Office. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, guys. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. 